And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We are your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, hoopla, and weirdness in the world today. We come to you on three platforms. Uno, dos, tres. No, cuatro, no, cinco. We come to you on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com where you can simply listen in. YouTube on Comedy Schools and Facebook Live. Three different perspectives for the same point of view. Actually, for the same show. Um, the show is built around three things, and the three things that it's built around are your questions and comments as we uh, weave through our 20-minute or half-hour daily doings here. Uh, so feel free to question and comment on the aforementioned social media sites, and we will uh, attempt to question or comment back. Uh, sometimes, oftentimes, not always, but every once in a while, uh, half the time, maybe 48 or 57% of the time, we have some personal knickknack or doodad or curiosity or memento that we share with you and then weave a personal story around. And also, we recommend one artist or one piece of music based off our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. It is December, December, it is December. It is December 20th, 2020, 2020, 12, 20, 2020, uh, Sunday. We uh, will be in Gilbert, Arizona in just a couple hours at J.P.'s Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, 860 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, where uh, we will do, be doing the Class Clowns Comedy Showcase the longest-running comedy showcase in the Valley of the Sun. This is the show that has seen people go all the way from their first show to national television. And it was kind of cool because this weekend at JP's, uh, the headliner was Michael Longfellow. And Michael started out when he was a young teen uh, with us, uh, with ComedySchools.com. and is now headlining the club where we currently house the workshop. So how cool is that? Uh, so it's kind of a full circle thing. So if you come out this afternoon, you may see people who in a couple years, instead of seeing them on a Sunday afternoon, you see them on a Saturday night. And that is a great leap in the uh, world of stand-up comics. Uh, I'm still a little worn out from, uh, if you uh, caught the podcast early in the week, I had a procedure Friday before last that uh, went badly over uh, last weekend. So uh, last week at this time, we weren't on because I had just gotten home from... No, I hadn't even gotten home at this point from uh, the emergency room. I don't know what I call it, that, the emergency room, ER, because it's not a room. It's several rooms called the emergency ward, but ward sounds depressing. So um, we're pretty much now on a full road to recovery. But you know, the funny thing is I have never figured... There's two things I've never figured in life, and I'm now 65. That is warm up and recovery. Warm up and recovery. I just have never factored them into almost anything that I do. When I was a young guy, I used to go to the gym all the time. I never warmed up. We just jumped right into it. And then I never gave any time for recovery. I'd be out, out and about immediately. Hello to Kevin Brown. Hello to Jerry Visick. Uh, slowly but surely, the. Um, the uh, Living on a Thin Line gang is beginning to uh, gather here as we do on most days, six days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And um, I just never figured that in, you know? So uh, with this, I didn't figure in that there'd be a recovery factor. I still think, they ain't talking about me. Where they said, uh, 
Some people have no complications at all. Some do. I figured I would be in the no complications category. I wasn't. And then it said it takes two weeks to four weeks to fully recover. I expected to be fully recovered by, you know, the day I got out. And sometimes the doctors lie to you. Don't doctors lie to you? You know, they go, oh, you know, you'll be up and about in a couple of days. should take a couple of days. And it's always worse than that. And the reason they don't tell you, like the written literature will say two to four weeks to recover. But the people in the, uh, you know, the attending physician and the anesthesiologist and nurse and all that, they go, oh, I used to have no problems within a couple of days. Because they told us, when you go through recovering from even the most minor procedure, none of us would ever go to the hospital again unless we had a uh, bleeding head wound or a sucking chest wound. That's your word for the day, by the way, sucking chest wound. So um, if doctors were totally honest about what a recovery period from even the most minor procedure could take, would be like for many people, we would not have any procedures done unless we would not go to the hospital at all unless we had a... uh, gushing head wound or a sucking chest wound so uh that's your phrase actually the entire phrase is your phrase for today the entire phrase is uh uh gushing head wound (coughs) uh sucking chest wound by the way a sucking chest wound that can't really be unsucked (coughs) i think that's actually a lot of people think that the word you suck is has some sort of sexual connotations i think it came actually from the sucking chest wound which means that you would die soon uh, to engage in um, uh, uh, oral intimacies does not bring on immediate death, but a sucking chest wound uh, is a ominous portent for a uh, very short timeline till you find out if your religious uh, beliefs are true. Hey, uh, like I said, it's going to be kind of a short show today, and you can tell why, because I'm just rambling like a gull darn fool, because um, I'm going to be out at uh, Jim's place uh, in just a couple hours, and I'm going to have to get ready for that. But I did want to come in and spend a few minutes with all of you guys and say, ha, so ha. Um, I guess Congress has uh, okayed or is pretty much going to okay some sort of stimulus bill. The big holdup on this bill was a Senator, Pat Toomey, who is uh, leaving uh, the Senate. Uh, he wanted to rein in the Federal Reserve's ability to make emergency loans to small businesses. You know, when you hear things like the Republicans are the, are the, uh, the party of business, they are not the party of small business. They are not. You know, if somebody was a micro business, I would tell you, the hoops I had to go through to just get pennies from any of these grants or programs is just insane. They go, small business is the lifeblood of America. Well, they keep sucking our blood out and giving it to large. And you know what? I got nothing against big box stores and big corporate companies, the Walmarts and Targets, you know, and Amazons of the world. I have nothing against them. You know, oftentimes they'll start it with a, an idea in a guy's mind. I mean, old Sam Walton down there in uh, Arkansas had this idea. He goes, well, you know, people had to travel sometimes a whole day just to go in and get stuff. They live in a rural community to bring them a little rural kind of department store. No Frills Department Store. That was Sam Walton's idea. Incredibly successful. His children, I'm not saying they're good people. I'm not saying they're bad people. I don't know these people. But uh, they decided once NAFTA uh, kicked in and uh, there was uh, so much free trade with China and the goods were so inexpensive that they uh, turned it basically into a giant Chinese retail house. 
and became some of the richest people in the world. I got nothing against those people doing what they do. I might not like their business practices or feel it's unfair competition to smaller businesses. And for that, I might, but I got nothing against success. But when you tell me that the Republican Party is the party of small business, you are a liar because, um, and we saw it clearly, plainly, strongly this week when a Republican senator, who's leaving the Senate? He's leaving in January. Pat Toomey held up the entire aid package in an attempt to rein in the Fed's ability to help out small business because I don't want to just turn it into a slush fund for Democrats. Oh, well, you know, why don't you, you know, it's time that both parties kind of look at what their favorite sons are, their favorite things, and ask themselves going, are we really doing the country good by pushing for this? You know, Pat Toomey had been better served by looking at what the Republicans had put into the bill that was going to serve their constituency you know, and uh, most micro-businesses, I have a micro-business, I'm a Democrat. Uh, a lot of micro-businesses ran by Republicans, you know, yet they wanted to hold up the Fed's emergency ability to be able to uh, make loans, etc. And that is why things get held up. It may, not, it may not be, you know, they may not have voted on it yet. I've been out deep in the desert looking at property out in the desert. I'm going to head out there so far that uh, uh, when the big one hits, nobody even know where I am. So um, that's right. I'll be the only progressive out in a sea of uh, hillbillies. Uh, okay. Hey, a couple things moving forward. What are you laughing at? The producer's laughing. Sounds like one of those yeah. old men. I am one of those old men. My wife said I sound like one of those old men. That's a hard thing to wrap your mind around that you're an old man, but it's starting to get comfortable with it. What the hell? I mean, what choice do you have if you're an old man? I ain't never going to get old. You're going to get old. Um, I'm going to live forever. You're not going to live forever. Okay? And Joe Rogan's an idiot. Those are three things to know in life. Uh, the three things in life for to know is that uh, you are going to get old, you're not going to live forever, and, and Joe Rogan's an idiot. Okay. Uh, a couple things to tell you about uh, tomorrow night. If you're in the greater Gilbert area and you'd like to check us out live in person, I'll be having a free enter of my stand-up comedy workshops at 7.30 p.m. No hard sale. Nothing for you to do except show up with an open mind. Uh, it's at 7.30 at JP's Tuesday at 6 p.m. Tuesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm holding a free intro on Zoom. Uh, this would be a great gift to give yourself or someone else. Okay? A comedy workshop. Okay? And even if you're never going to do comedy, if you ever have to speak publicly at all, this is actually the workshop for you. I think that we are the best public speaking workshop in the country. Campaign, com, uh, campaigning. And then, of course, I screw up a word. But one of the important things we tell you is it's okay if you screw up a word. Uh, we learned that from musicians. They go, if you screw up while you're playing a song, keep playing. Don't stop. Um, we combine things that we learned uh, in method acting school with Lee Strasberg himself many years ago. Uh, what we learned from years of doing stand-up ourselves, directing uh, theater, and so many other components that we've all mixed together into a fabulous public speaking stew. Just for you. All right. Uh, I have no knickknack or doodad today. I don't have one. I just don't have one. Okay? So I got music, and uh, I might recommend a few songs here. And most of these songs, you know. But um, when I mention these three names, it's two guys and one guy in his band. Okay? When I mention them together, it really doesn't... 
you don't really think about how important these people were in the formation of the music that if you're watching this, you most likely have been listening to your entire life. So I've got a CD box here called The Root of Rock. And I don't know if you can see the pictures on there, but on there are one uh, Charles, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, and Bill Haley. Okay? Now, they were not the only... Uh, you cannot talk about that era in music and not talk about Jerry Lee Lewis and not talk about Little Richard and possibly Fats Domino, Eddie Cochran, etc. But this is a pretty good compilation of the roots of what later on became rock, acid rock, psychedelic rock, heavy metal, speed metal, uh, uh, all the permutations, folk rock of the music that became the soundtrack of our lives. So uh, there's three CDs in this box. And it is uh, Bill Haley and his comments drop in, Buddy Holly, All That Matters, and Chuck Berry, Let It Rock. And just let me read off to you a few of the titles here. So Bill Haley probably had the less number of hits of these three. But the three that he had were big. They were big. And they were going to rock around the clock, shake, rattle, and roll, and see you later, alligator. Now, shake, rattle, and roll had been done by uh, Big Joe Williams. Uh, but like many great songs of that era that were done by black artists, uh, the white public did not really become aware of it until, until a uh, white band did the song. So... Uh, and that's unfortunate and it's wrong, but at least by that white band doing the song, we then did go back and discover who Joe Williams was. Those were uh, the, three, uh, the three songs that really cemented Bill Haley, Bill Haley in the uh, pantheon of uh, rock and roll gods. Uh, we're going to rock around the clock was considered one of the earliest beginning um, rock and roll songs. Some people say uh, Rocket 88 by Ike Turner was the first rock and roll song. But I always thought of it as more of a boogie-woogie rhythm and blues song. CD2, Buddy Holly, All That Matters. So let's read off some of these songs. That'll be the day. Peggy Sue, Oh Boy, Words of Love, Not Fade Away, It's So Easy, Maybe Baby, Rave On, and Peggy Sue Got Married. Every one of them classics. Every one of them songs that young people getting together. Young people getting together. Uh, young people getting together. Uh, still learn how to play uh, uh, their instruments with. Hold on, we're going to have a ray break. Uh, if you want to bring them all the way into Facebook here. So we can't see him there. Gotta make sure. There's Ray the Wonder Cat, ladies and gentlemen, and of course, my occasional co-host, Sullivan Ramirez, who uh, then promptly uh, dropped the cat on my lap. Um, Yeah. He um, pushed me and I almost fell down. There was almost a big uh, kerfuffle going on here with falling cats and grandsons. Let's go to the third CD. Chuck Berry's Let It Rock. Okay, so this was a compilation of best of CDs. I don't know where I got this. I don't think I got it new. I got it in some uh, secondhand record store, CD store. And I go, this would be so cool to have. Chuck Berry's Let It Rock, Johnny Be Good, No Particular Place to Go, Maybelline, My Dingaling. Roll Over Beethoven, School Days, Back in the USA, Reeling and Rocking, Too Much Monkey Business, and Let It Rock. So, of these three, not too many people redid Bill Haley's songs. They didn't redo 
Uh, we're going to rock around the clock, shake, rattle, and roll. Uh, see you later, alligator. Other sillier stuff he did like Mambo Rock or Rudy's Rock. But dozens, hundreds of artists redid songs like That'll Be the Day, Peggy Sue Word. Now, Not Fade Away is probably the song that, how I learned Buddy Holly existed. Buddy Holly died when I was a little, little kid. And by the time I'm listening to the radio in the early 60s and the mid-60s, he's not a factor. He's dead. Some of it's new stuff coming along. But uh, a band from England, the second band of the British Invasion, the Rolling Stones, did a version of Not Fade Away, which uh, I always thought was an interesting and unusual song, but I'm a kid, and I kind of forgot it. It wasn't one of their huge hits. It wasn't like Satisfaction, Honky Tonk Women, you know, uh, Painted black. I mean, when you think about like early stones, you know, before they kind of shifted into rock when they were still kind of like doing British pop, but they were really doing blues music. You know, uh, it wasn't one of their bigger hits, but it became a staple at Grateful Dead shows for years. Uh, Jerry and the Boys took that song, and like every song they ever played, made it their own and became one of my favorites. And only by reading an album cover from a Grateful Dead album that I see that, oh, it was, written by Holly, it was written by Buddy Holly. I had not realized that. Uh, it's So Easy, uh, of course, huge hit for Linda Ronstadt. Okay, uh, so uh, of, the, of these songs, the ones that probably got redone the most, not Fade Away, which was odd because it wasn't one of his biggest hit, bigger hits, and uh, It's So Easy. But all these other songs were done by other artists as well. And then we get to the man who, without, without whom there'd be no rock and roll at all, Chuck Berry, Johnny B. Good, done by everybody, everybody. Uh, to me, the ultimate version of Johnny B. Good besides Chuck Berry's is Johnny Winters. Uh, Johnny Winters did a blistering, blistering, incredibly powerful version of uh, Johnny B. Good. No particular place to go, uh, popular tune. Not a lot of people redid it. Uh, not a lot of people redid Maybelline. My Ding-A-Ling was a Chuck Berry hit. Well, after Chuck Berry's heyday, Chuck Berry um, went through a lot of trouble in his life. Um, uh, he either had a troubled life or he was a troublemaker. But uh, I think it was in the late 60s, early 70s, he took a silly, goofy novelty song, My Ding-A-Ling, and turned it into a hit record. Uh, Johnny B. Good and Roll Over Beethoven were probably the two songs that made thousands of kids want to pick up a guitar. Uh, fights did Maybelline. Who's Fights? Foghat. Foghat. Jerry says Foghat. Yeah, Foghat did Maybelline. They did. But I'm going to say that of all the songs on here, we're going to rock around the clock. See you later, alligator. Shake, red, and roll. That'll be the day. Peggy Sue. Oh, boy. Words of love. Not fade away. It's so easy. Rave on, Johnny B. Good, No Particular Place to Go, Maybelline, My Dingling, Rollover Beethoven, School Day, Back in the USA, Real Nin Rock, and Too Much Monkey Business and Let It Rock. By the way, Back in the USA, uh, great version of that by Linda Ronstadt as well. The two songs that not only helped make rock and roll popular, but made thousands of mostly boys, but then later on girls as well, when to pick up a guitar and be a rock and roll star was Johnny B. Good and Roll Over Beethoven. Johnny B. Good and Roll Over Beethoven. Without those two songs. Are those your songs? Yeah. 
the uh, soundtrack of America would be decidedly different today. Now, you can argue with me if you want. You can join in. Uh, Jerry pointed out Foghead. I was a big Foghead fan. I know Foghead became a punchline later on. They shouldn't be. They were a great uh, blues-based boogie band out of England. A lot of them originally from Savoy Brown. It was a kick-ass band. So, um, but when you really get down to what what was the turning point, what are the linchpins, in my estimation, Johnny B. Good and Roll Over Beethoven. So, because uh, if you really like it, go get your lover. Move on up and try for further. Reeling, rocking. Roll it over. So, uh, roll over, Beethoven, and tell Tchaikovsky the news. That song was almost like a clarion call of a whole new generation. Saying, roll over, Beethoven, to tell Tchaikovsky the news. There's a new type of music in town, partner. And now it's number one. Uh, you got to think what rock and roll did. Rock and roll totally kind of kicked standard pop music uh, right into Keystone and sent it down the road. Just as later on, the British invasion knocked doo-wop groups and uh, the weakening of pop music that went on in the early 60s right down the road. Then rock itself kind of knocked out the kind of fun silliness that was still in mid-60s rock. 70s brothers folk rock, all going all the way up to the 90s when finally rap with Dr. Dre and uh, Rick Rubin and those guys uh, pushed rock and all forms of it uh, from its uh, uh, place high up high up on the uh, mantle of uh, music. Okay, uh, that's our show for the day, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for watching. You know, like I say, this isn't just a podcast. This is a community. And um, people have asked me what this show's about, and I go, I can't really tell you. Sometimes I do some serious politics. Sometimes I just talk about music. Sometimes I have something goofy I talk about. Sometimes the whole show is just me engaging with people as they write questions and comments. But this is just... This is something I've always wanted to do. It's totally free form. Get to talk about what we want, talk about whatever pops into my head, talk about something that you bring up that all of a sudden sends me down a different track. And we try to do it for 30 minutes, six days a week, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your pals that there is a new sheriff in town in the world of podcasts, and it's called Living on a Thin Line. And it's easy to find if you just become friends with Tony Visick on Facebook. That's it. I'm going to see you tomorrow at 2. That's what I'm going to do. You've been watching Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. Channel's fall out of the chair. Is that what happened?